Well, I grew up in Moldova, and uh, we are agriculture area. Lots of grapes, lots of beautiful farming. My papa, he is a farmer, and I am oldest of five children. Kind of big family for Soviet Union, uh, because we don't have very much money. Everyone is equal, and sadly, it is not very good equal. It is kind of low equal, especially in Moldova. Farther you get away from Moscow, worse it get, becomes. But we have great riches in my family, and that is because we are Christians. Now, I don't know. How many of you grow up in a Christian home? That is amazing. Look at that, Pastor. Many people. That is great privilege. That is great privilege. It does not make it easy. It does not mean your home is functional. But at least you know who God is. Most of my comrades, the people I go to school with, they don't know who God is. God is funny thing. God is myth. God is a uh, long time ago. We don't need him anymore. And that's what they teach us in school. So for me to hear about God in my home, and even have few Christian friends that we have birthday parties with frequently. That is big blessing. Now, I know what you do in the United States. And I'm not saying this is wrong. But you tell, encourage people to ask Jesus into your heart. And that is okay. That is in the Bible. Jesus say, I stand at door and knock. If you open door, I come into you and, and can be Savior. But in my country, we don't teach that exactly that way. We teach it different. We say, Jesus says, if you want to come after me, you need to count the cost. Take up cross and follow me. Now, cross is not a fun thing. I know we have necklaces and we have jewelry, but it's not a fun thing. It's a place to die. It's a place to suffer. It's a big place of shame. It's where bad people, criminals, suffer in the Roman Empire. So when Jesus say, take up cross, follow me, and they teach that to us, we understand what that means in my country. In my country, there were people in my church who lose job because they let young people come and read Bible in their house. Lose job. No job. There was deacon in my church. He go to Siberia for one year. And he does not go for vacation. But he comes back. And my mama says, see him? See him, Vanya? He's faithful. But he count costs. He does not deny Jesus. And so I grow up. And I understand that following Jesus, following Jesus is not nice, simple thing I say. It is cross I take and commit my life to him. You see, Jesus says, repent. Sometimes we think Jesus a little bit like restaurant. And we say, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this. But no, if he is Lord, he's Lord. And so when I am 16, I come forward to my Baptist church. And I say, yes, I will take cross of Jesus. And I will give my life to him. In, it's funny because in my country, we don't say, when do you accept Jesus? When do you become Christian? We ask, when do you repent? When do you repent? I repent at 16. And I give my life to Jesus. I don't know what that means because I don't know future. But I know God. And I am committed. And I believe that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that day. And so I become follower of Jesus. Now that's simple testimony maybe. But each one of us, you, me, have story. Because this is what I believe. God is author of faith. He is finisher of faith. I think he writes the chapters in between. And so I want to share with you some of my chapters in between. You see, when I become 18 years old, I join the army. Now you say, well, I think you're a Christian. And why are you going to fight army and... And, well, we, at that time we have war in my country. It was not bang, bang, hot war with bombs and things. It was cold war with you. So, in my country, it is true. You are laughing. Why are you laughing? Because you win. I know why you're laughing. But in my country, in 1970, everybody that turns 18, all boys who turn 18 have to join. It is not my choice. It is mandatory duty. But to be honest, I am not ashamed of that. I'm actually quite happy to become soldier. You see, I live in Moldova. I am poor. We never, I never go out of my town. My father has no car. We have no money. I've never seen the world. But now when I become soldier at 18, I get to go see the world. We went uh, transported to boot camp in Ukraine, which is uh, up near Russia, right, right next on the border of Russia. And it is interesting because in army, how many here are veterans? Okay, many. So you understand boot camp. And I know that Red Army is different than your army, but believe me, boot camp is the same no matter where you go. You, uh, you, are, uh, it is, you, you run and you stand in a line, you get your uniform, but it's exciting. Again, I want to serve my country. I want to do my best. And it's interesting because, again, I'm from Moldova, 
So they call me Southern Redneck. <laughs> you, you can relate to that too. I see so. Okay. But we have boys from Moscow, and they think they're better than us because they speak good Russian. Then we have the funny boys from out east, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan. They have squinty eyes. And then from Lithuania, we have tall, geeky-looking boys that I think they come over here to play basketball today. But you know who I mean. <laughs> but in army, ground is level. And we are, we are all grunts. And we do our calisthenics. Ras, dva, tri, And we shoot our weapons, and we throw our hand grenades. And it is great experience. I am glad to be soldier. I'm not ashamed to serve my country. But I know, first of all, that I am soldier of Jesus Christ. And I am worried about one thing. You see, the Bible says, if you draw near to me, I draw near to you. But if that is true, maybe opposite is true too. If we don't spend time with God, if we don't see God, where does I, our life go spiritually? It is beginning of year. And we make resolutions, I think, in your country. We do so in our country. What kind of resolution do you do to see God this year? Maybe a little more Bible time. Maybe a little more prayer time. Well, in Red Army, I have no opportunity for devotions. You know, I think in your army you have chaplains, right? I think you have different, even freedom of religion. You have opportunity to go to your service of choice. Ho, ho! In Red Army, there is no such thing like that. There is no possibility of religion anywhere. God is not mentioned. And I am afraid I don't want to get so excited and involved in what I am doing now that I forget whom I belong to. And so I am praying. One day I'm running. I said, dear Lord Jesus, I am soldier in the Red Army. But I am soldier first in your army. Gospody Pujal said, Lord, give me, give me chance to spend more time with you. Now that's interesting prayer. I don't think that many Americans pray such prayer. Give me more time to spend with you, Lord. You see, you, you have freedom. You come to church. I think doors open here many times. But sometimes we have football game, I know. Sometimes we have tired. Sometimes we are not interested. But Jesus said, draw near to me. I have drawn near to you. If you feel far away from God, guess who moved? And God is very good to me. I make it through boot camp. And we get transferred from Odessa over to Kerch. Kerch is big seaport on Black Sea. It is wintertime. But I learn if I polish my boots, iron my uniform just right, and get up right as bugle sound, right at 5.30, then I have time to go be alone with God. Now, this is not most aromatic prayer closet. This is actually diesel mechanic shop during day. And there is no clock. There is nobody there. But I can get up at 5.40 and just spend 15 minutes praying. And I love it. I pray for my papa. I pray for church home. I pray for mama. I pray for my brothers, sisters. I pray that God make me good witness. I want to be witness for him. It is not easy to witness in the Red Army. In fact, it may be dangerous. But I want, to be, I want to be true Christian. I don't want to be hiding Christian. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. But I want to be careful of my country. And so I pray that Lord make me strong spiritually. My friends, this best time of day. As much as I like going to be with the comrades and doing army things, this is my time. Do you have such time? You, I know you Americans. You're busy. You do this and you do that. You have freedom. And, and, and yet, where is your time? I'm praying. Every day I pray. And then one day it happens. I'm praying, I'm excited, and I lose track of time. Like I said, there's no clock on, on, on diesel mechanic. I said, oh no, Vanya, Vanya, what have you done? You, I don't have watch. Vanya, what? I look out, and sure enough, my squad is assembled in the courtyard. <laughs> Sergeant Strelkov is not happy. Mosev, I see you did us a favor and finally showed up. You better have a good reason. Where have you been? I'm sorry, sir. I won't happen again, sir. I don't think you heard me, Mosev. Where have you been? Writing a letter home to your mommy? Maybe you fell in the toilet. No, sir. I'm sorry, sir. It won't happen again, sir. Mosev, I don't think you heard me. Where were you? What were you doing? I was praying, sir. 
Now, Sergeant Strelkov, he is not a religious man, but he knows in the Russian Orthodox Church, there are certain days you pray to St. Anne, and you pray to St. Leon, and you, different saint days, but he's thinking, praying, praying. Whom are you praying to? I don't know what to say, so I tell him the truth. I, I was praying to God, sir. And some of my comrades, they begin to chuckle because they think I'm making big joke. And Sergeant Strelko says, that's enough. As soon as we're finished PT, you report immediately to my office. Yes, sir. So we do PT. We go through it. And some of my comrades, they chuckle. Ah, Vanya, you're going to get it. I go into Sergeant Strelkov. He says, Mosaev, it's bad enough that you show a lack of discipline, but I don't appreciate the offhand remarks about religion. Are you religious? Now, this is very difficult to explain to the commanding officer because you know I know that Jesus is not religion. Jesus brings life, right? Jesus brings relationship. But now is not time for lecture. So I just say, well, I, I, I do believe in God, sir, and I was praying for strength to help me be a good soldier. I'm praying. You almost say, if in this army, we depend on our technology, we depend on our strength, we depend on our discipline. If you continue to show a lack of discipline, you'll suffer consequences. But if you continue to mouth off about religious stuff, it has its own set of consequences. Yes, sir. Just so you know, I'm serious. You think it's real funny that you go around praying? We're going to have you on your knees. You will scrub the entire barracks without a mop, but with a bucket and a rag after breakfast. Now, barracks is maybe room not quite this size, but it's big. And usually three or four of us are on every day. We push bunks against the wall and we swab it down. Maybe it gets done. But today, Vanya is down with bucket on his knees. And I'm washing floor. And I remember my comrades come by and say, hey, I was supposed to do it. What, how come Vanya's doing it? Oh, they're putting him on his knees because he's going to pray. Remember? Pray? <laughs> what is he, some kind of religious nut? I don't know. Look, he's laughing. He's smiling. He's singing. I am smiling. I am singing. Because Jesus says, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. And say all men that are evil against you falsely for my sake. For yours, for great is your reward in heaven. So persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Remember, I grew up in church where people, heroes, are persecuted. And I know that it is my fault. I was not on time. I know that. But they are making fun of me because I am praying. I am not ashamed to know God to pray to. Are you? How many times this last year you are ashamed of Jesus? You know, he is king of kings. He says, if you suffer with me, you will reign with me. Oh, I am happy. And so my comrades, they give me a hard time, laugh at me, and they think I am funny. Not just because I am southern redneck, but because now I am praying guy. Oh, let them laugh. Let them laugh. But it is no laughing matter to my officers. I think that it is all over. I think problem is solved. But two days later, I'm called in to Captain Yarmick. Captain Yarmick is not much older than I am, but he is already captain and he is rising in rank. He said, Ivan Moseev, I understand that there was a lack of discipline in your part two days ago. Yes, sir, I was late for roll call, sir, but it won't happen again, sir. Good. That's what we expect. Just to ensure that, we have some papers here for you to sign. And he drops papers in front of me. Now, believe me, when you join the army, I think in this country you have to fill out lots of papers. Government is good at paperwork. In Soviet Union, we, we, I think we make red tape. That's what we do. But I have never seen these papers. These papers say, I, Ivan Vasilovich Moseev, do declare there is no God and there is place for me to sign. I, Ivan Vasilovich Moseev, do not believe in life after death. All things can be explained scientifically and technologically and placed for me to sign. I, Ivan Vasilovich Mosev, do not believe in any life after death. There is no spirit world placed for me to sign. In two, three pages. These are not normal. Where are you born? What is zip code? What is social security number? This is not. Captain Yarmick, sir, I, I don't think I can sign these papers, sir. Mosev, I didn't ask you your opinion. This is a command from a 
This is a direct order from a commanding officer. Are you telling me you won't sign these? But, sir, they are telling me to sign my name to things I do not write, I do not agree with. Mosaic, you will obey orders. Do you understand that? You are a private in this army. You will obey. Sir, but I am also citizen of the United Soviet Socialist Republic. And our Constitution, Section 3, Article 4, guarantees every citizen right of conscience. If I, if I sign these, I violate my conscience, sir, and thus our Constitution. Oh, they don't like it when you know Constitution. <laughs> Do you know your Constitution? It might be a good thing to know. Well, say if I didn't invite you in here for a political lecture, you will sign these papers or you will go into solitary confinement with no food. I can only do what my conscience says, sir. Fine. Fine. Have it your way. Be a hero. You're not a martyr. People in Moldova aren't going to know who, what, that you're in there. But you will stay in there without food until you sign these papers. Dismissed. And there I was. Solitary confinement. It is not prison. It is not dungeon. There is cot. There is window. There is chair. But there is nothing to do. And I begin to feel sorry for myself. Maybe some of you know what that means. Maybe some of you don't like your situation. You don't like your marriage. You don't like that you aren't married. You don't like finances. And you say, Lord God, I tried to do this, I tried to do that, and this is not working out. Let me tell you, there are two sides of situation. There is your perspective, and there is our Father's perspective. And I am saying, Lord Jesus, what do I do? I can't sign those papers. I was praying. I was, I, was, I was focused on you. I'm not trying to be big problem. What do I do? Lord Jesus, I don't want to sit here. And Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, Vanya, remember in boot camp you pray? What did you pray for? You pray for more time. <laughs> it's true. I prayed for more time. And now I have all time in the world I want. Not only can I pray, but I am fasting too. God has great sense of humor. And suddenly, I am no longer feeling sorry for myself. I am rejoicing. What changed? My circumstances changed? Daniel. They did not change. My perspective changed. Some of you need new perspective. God is not going to change your circumstances until you change perspective and say, Thank you, God, for what you are doing. You see, we want something to be different. We want this person at job to die, maybe, right? We want financial situation or house situation or car situation or children situation. Lord, change it. And the Lord says, no, I want to change you. You see, we are his living sacrifice. Stop crawling off altar, right? That's the problem with living one. It crawls away. Say, no, Lord Jesus I thank you for what you're doing. And I began to thank him. And I began to pray for Sergeant Strelkov. And I began to pray for my comrades. And I began to rejoice in my time with Holy Spirit. One day, two days, three days. I realized, oh no, I'm going to starve to death. How long you go without food? Four days. You know, after three days, stomach gets small. And, and hunger pains go away, but, oh, appetite never go away. You, I lay there, and I see mama's apple fritters, like, oh, mama. <laughs> Five days. And they do funny thing. When I go to sleep at night, they come and see I'm sleeping, and they rattle my cage and say, Mosev, attention. I have to come in, and I have to answer questions. At first, first time they do this, I'm very excited because they say, Mosev, tell us why you believe in God. So I go, wow, I get a chance to witness. I'm going to tell them who God is. So I tell them, have you ever seen God? And so I explain that, no, God is spirit. And his, but faith is the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I'm giving great Bible lessons to these men. I, that's wonderful. And they are writing them down. 
we go for a half hour, 40 minutes, and they let me go back. And I'm thanking Jesus. Lord, thank you for a chance to witness for you. This is what I want. I lay down to sleep maybe 10 minutes, and they knock again. Say, oh, no, they have more questions. I come back in, but this time it's three different guys. And they begin to ask the same questions. Why do you believe in God? Have you ever seen God? How do you know the Bible is true? I said, I think, oh, my. These other ones must have told them, but they should just listen to the answers. That way I only tell it once. But, so I tell them. But they do this three, four times. And I don't think they are really interested. And I realize it is old Russian trick called sleep deprivation. They're going to break me down. Even in the middle of day, when they see me catching catnap, they knock on my door and make me stand at attention and answer questions. But I am witnessing. I am telling truth. But I am wearing out. Five days. Six days. I am a young man with high metabolism. I came here to exercise, get ready for war. And now I shrivel away. Maybe you don't like where your life is. Maybe you don't like what God do. He is great father. You can trust him. Remember, if he is author and finisher, let him write chapters in between. After seven days, I am very hungry. And they pull me in front of Captain Yarmick. I remember he is looking out the window when I come in. He whirls around and says, Moshev, you have defied my orders for seven days. You are insubordinate. You are rebellious. It's your kind of trash that we're going to stomp and smear out of this country. It's your kind that hold us back. And he says bad things about God. Are you ready to sign the papers? Captain Yarmick, sir. This morning I was praying. I was praying for my comrades. I was praying for this base. I was praying for you, sir. And suddenly I feel this great sense come on me like I have been filled with great seven-course meal. And I lay down and have delicious sleep. I, I've not been getting much sleep. I think maybe he knows that. And when I w- and, and God visits me, sir. God speaks to me in visions. He's encouraging my heart. And when I wake up, there is sparrow on my windowsill. <laughs> in Kirch, in February. Oh, sir, I believe in God more than ever, sir. I cannot sign those papers. But what I do not know is that <laughs> he has papers on his desk from up above, from Colonel, that says, if anything happens to this private mosaic, his blood is on your head. They say I will stay there for seven, for forever until I die. But I am in God's hands. After seven days, they send me back. <laughs> you see, your life is in God's hands. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Jesus is more than nice fire insurance. He's Lord. He's shepherd. He knows how to guide you and take you. Trust him if you are sick. Trust him with cancer. Trust him. He's too big to miss you. And I am back with my comrades, jogging, exercising, and eating. (laughs) Even army food is good after seven days of no food. And my buddies say, Vanya, where have you been? What's going on? Oh, I had to sign papers. What papers? We didn't have to sign anything like that. And they begin to ask me, you're religious? You you pray? You hear from God? Man, it's... But I'm running one day. And Sasha come up beside me. Sasha says, on Vaskris. At first, I think he was talking about weather or something. I said, Chivosh, Toskazon, on Vaskris. On Vaskris. That means nothing to you. But to us in the Soviet Union, it is like early church drawing fish in sand. On Vaskris is, he is risen. He is risen. It is Easter greeting. All Russians say it at Easter time, but not in army. On Vaskris, he is risen. And I realize I am not alone. One big danger in your life, Satan come to you and say, ha ha, you alone. No one understands you. You cannot tell your story. You cannot share your burden. You cannot share your failures with anybody. Done yet. That's why we have church. Church is not just nice building to sing great songs. We need one another. Bear one another's burdens. And here in, in army camp, 2,000 comrades, I am not alone. 
Sasha's with me. And we pretend to play chess with our eyes open, but we are praying. Sasha says, I saw them come to get you last night. Are you, I, I made myself stay awake until you came back. Are you okay? Are they beating you? Daniel, no, 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 no problem. They just asked many questions. Want me to sign papers? <laughs> you are not alone, brother, sister. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you don't know who to talk to. But please, please find somebody. That's why we have pastors. That's why we have church. Too many of us fighting battles alone. That's Satan's desire. Not God's. And I have to fight battle because I now am brought into Major Gedenko. Major Gedenko's father was one of original Bolsheviks. Major Gedenko is veteran in Great Patriotic War. You call World War II. At first, he take grandfather approach. He says, Moseyev, at ease. I understand there's been a, a report of lack of discipline or insubordination, but I go through your reports, and you did fine in boot camp. Got a mark in marksmanship. Are, are you glad to be a soldier, Moseyev? Yes, sir. It says here that you're from Moldova. Yes, sir. Is your father a farmer? Yes, sir. Do you uh, write many letters home? Are you homesick? Well, no, sir. Actually, I don't have much time to write many letters. I'm, I'm usually answering questions somewhere. Hmm. Well, certainly, Moseev, you must know the right answers. Don't you know how to answer some of these questions? Well, sir, some of the answers that they want are not really true answers, sir. Hmm. Well, that's what I brought you in here to talk about these papers to sign. Certainly, Moseev, this is not unusual. You've been taught this in high school. It's common teaching in our country. We know, we know the basic fundamental philosophies of Soviet life. Certainly, I think it would be to your benefit and our benefit if you simply signed your name. But, sir, these would violate my conscience, sir. And, 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 and besides, I, I do believe that God exists. <laughs> Moseev. When you are little, you believe in Santa Claus. You believe in Tooth Fairy. You believe in God, right? But when you become a man, you put away childish things. I think I heard that somewhere before. <laughs> God, there's, there's, there's no place in Soviet life for God. The, the, the need for God and the existence of God was disproved by scientific things that God came about because people needed to explain thunder and lightning and earthquakes. But now we understand that scientifically. There's no God. But, sir, I believe the Bible, and the Bible tells us historically. Do you have one of Bible, Moseev? No, sir. Good. The Bible has no place in the life of Soviet youth. I mean, I know that the Bible tells a lot of good things about doing good and being kind, but the Bible's full of errors, Moseev. I mean, think about it. Turning water into wine? <laughs> you don't think our scientists could have done that in Moscow? Turn water into wine? Walking on the water. Well, say, if it's not scientific, you can't walk on water. The Bible changes lives, sir. The Red Army changes lives, Moseev. I didn't bring you in here to give me a Sunday school lecture. I brought you in here to follow orders, and you will sign these papers. The grandfather approach was over. You tell me about God, Moseev. Where was God when we rolled into Berlin? We lost 100,000 men fighting in those streets, and we didn't have any prayer meeting. We didn't call in any God. We used our tanks, our blood, our sweat. Where was God when the fascists rolled into Nipipetrovsk? They rounded up the Jews, our comrades, and they hosed them down till the fields swelled and moved with the blood of the Jews. The Jews believe in God. God didn't come help them. There's no God, Moseev. You will sign these papers. I will show you who's in control here. I will do what my conscience allows, sir. And he knew what that meant. Moseev, you are dismissed. But immediately after supper, you will stand in the courtyard at attention until you change your mind. Yes, sir. And I turned to go. And I don't know if he was wondering if I was going to be upset or something. He said, Moseev, do you understand my orders? Yes, sir. I'm to stand in the courtyard at attention until I sign papers. But you are to do so 
in summer dress. <laughs> I don't even have summer dress. It is February. Now, I know February here is different than where I am from. It is cold where I am from. It is Russia. And I went down to army issue and asked, I need summer dress. They say, go away. You are playing some practical joke. I said, no, no, I, I really need summer dress. It is major's orders. And they said, get out of here. You will get in trouble. You don't get that until April. I said, well, call major first. They called the major. <laughs> and I got my summer dress. And after supper, I'm standing at attention in the courtyard. And it's cold. And I see my comrades walk by and they say, Vanya, what are you doing? And I know what it is like to freeze to death. In our Russian literature, you lose feeling in fingers and then toes and then arms. And then cold comes in on your body and you fall to sleep. And I stand there. At 10 o'clock... I know it is 10 o'clock because all lights go out in barracks. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I want to go home. I want to work with Papa. I want to be a farmer. I want to get married. Vanya, stay awake. I can't feel fingers. I can't feel toes. Oh, Lord God, preserve me, for thee do I put my trust. That's what it. That's it. If I am to go to heaven tonight, I will go praying. I will pray. And I begin to pray. I pray for Sergeant Strelkov. I pray for Captain Yarmick. I pray for Major Gudenko. I pray for Sasha. I pray for every soldier I can think of. I pray for mom, I pray for papa, I pray for every person I can think of where I go to school. And I pray and I pray. And at midnight, I am still standing. Three commanding officers come out and they say, Moseyev, what are you doing? I'm following orders, sir. We know you're following orders. Do you know how cold it is out here? No, sir, but it's very cold, sir. It's only five degrees. Oh, I wish they hadn't told me. <laughs> yes, sir, it's very cold, sir, but you can see I am praying and my God is keeping me from freezing to death. And they asked me more questions and they realized suddenly that only after 10 minutes they are very cold. But I am not cold. I am cold, but I am not freezing. And I see look on their face. They are very afraid. And they leave me alone and I keep praying and I think of Bible that say I am living sacrifice blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. At two o'clock, a commanding officer came out. Moseyev, what are you doing? Following orders, sir. At ease. Back to your barracks. But I am so cold and stiff, I'm not sure I can walk. But he walks little pace from me. And in low voice he said, Moseyev, tell me about this God. And I am so cold. And I am so cold. I'm not sure what I say. I hope Holy Spirit help me. But for the first time, for the first time, somebody really wants to know. And I know what you think in America. Oh, people don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear about God. I don't think it's true. There are people looking for real evidence of real God. They want to know why they're here. Where are they going? What's the point? Suicide in our country. 
because people don't have hope. You have Jesus. You have hope. Your life is not bowl of cherries, but you know Jesus. And people are looking for it. Now, you will never stand in in Russian courtyard and freeze to death. But I tell you, you have things you can share. Has anyone ever hurt you? Has maybe wife or husband wronged you? And you forgive them. Oh, that's miracle. World can't understand that. Maybe someone cheats you or steal from you or big problem happened to you financially and yet you still have peace. The world don't understand that. That is miracle. Maybe you overcome pornography on internet. They don't know how to do that. You have victory in Jesus. Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro through the whole world, searching for those whose hearts are perfect toward Him. That does not mean you are perfect, but you have heart for Him. He wants to use your life as living demonstrations that He's the real God. And the next day, my comrades come around, Vanya, what was going on? You stayed out there. Do you know how cold it was? I said, but I was praying. I was praying. Oh, I don't know about praying. I think you're, I think you're from Moldova. You got that southern blood. But we have another guy from Moldova. He says, no, I am also from Moldova. I'm not going out there. He said, Vanya, you going to go out there again tonight? I said, I have to do it again. Why? Well, they want me to sign papers. What papers? You must be crazy. No, no, I'm not crazy, but God saved me. So someone makes bet. They said, I bet Vanya falls down. They have to pull the medics in tonight. Okay, I'll make that bet. And again, I am out there. This night, the temperature dropped to zero. And I'm praying. And I remember what God says. That if I ring, the trying of my faith is much more precious than that of gold. It's true. I don't like to suffer. You don't like to suffer. But guess what? That's what cross is. Cross means I'm willing to suffer. At 2 o'clock, they let me go back in. I talked to my comrades the next day, and they are angry. Vanya, I lost 10 rubles on you. I said, no, you are betting against God. I am praying. It's not me. Some of them laugh and make fun, right? You have mockers in your society. You have neighbors that pff, they are scorners. But other people they see. And when no one is along, around, Anton comes to me and says, Vanya, listen, if you're praying, can you pray for my father? He has cancer. I'll pray for him, Anton. Another boy, Dima, comes to me and says, listen, I don't pray much, but my grandma used to pray. And Can you pray for my sister? She, she's an alcoholic. I'll pray for her. So night number three, now it is big prayer meeting. And I see my comrades and, and the windows, they are looking down. They know Vanya is praying for their uncle and their father and their sister and their souls. I am not a great Christian. I am like you. I don't like the cold. But I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. And that if, if it is the will of God that I should suffer, then I will suffer unto him for his name's sake. Some people say, Vanya, why don't you just sign the papers? God will forgive you. Isn't I? God forgive me. But Jesus also say, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and holy angels. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father and the Holy Angels. I cannot sign the papers. Day four, day five, day six, day seven. They're going to break me down. One day I will not come back. Day nine, day ten, day eleven. You see, some of you think you cannot take any more. But God wants to do supernatural things in your soul. And he knows where you are. One day the temperature got to 12 below zero. Oh, that's cold. I don't know if it gets so cold in Lindale. 
But next time it gets so cold, maybe it gets to 20, you go out and stand at attention for a half hour and try to pray. After 12 days, Major Gedenko called it off. You know why? <laughs> because my God was giving too much glory. Comrades say, let's bet again. Come on, let's bet on... No, no, I'm not betting against his God. They say, hey, Vanya's going back out again. It's going to be 10 below tonight. Psst, doesn't matter. He prays. Now 2,000 soldiers, they know there's big God from Moldova. Do people know big God in Lindale? Do they know big God, great Savior, Lindale? That's what Jesus is looking for. I have more to tell, but they don't know what to do with me. So basically they send me for re-education to Sverdlovsk, Siberia. Siberia is not where we go for a nice vacation. They said you will stay here for seven years. And I knew that was ultimate sentence for court-martial. Seven years. It was on my papers. He can withstand cold. But that does not stop them. They put me in chamber and run cold water over me for hours. They pull me out when hypothermia set in. They throw me in chairs. Says, you will be here for seven years. We will do this every day until you sign those papers. My hands are too cold to pick up pen. They put me in tank, like big tank room. is like air compressor and turn on air compressor. feels like elephants standing on chest. They have little megaphone. They says, Mosev, you will sign the papers. You will sign the papers or we'll do this every day. And I say, I will be here as long as God wants. And then I would black out for no oxygen. They are watching through window. They turn off switch, come in, shake me for oxygen to get to brain and turn on the switch again. I will not make it seven years in Siberia. And brother and sister, I don't know where you are. I don't know where your trial is. Some of you, some of you are thinking, I can't do anymore. I can't take it any longer. I don't want this relationship anymore. But you are called to surrender to Jesus. He knows where you are. After six weeks in Sverdlovsk, they stamped my papers, unable to re-educate, and sent me back to Skirch. Oh, I showed up. My comrades said, Vanya, where have you been? What's going on? I went to Siberia. Daniel, Siberia. Sachim, what for? Oh, it is, it is big talk now. It is big talk. And the officers should say, Vanya, you keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about this, God. But now they are asking me. And the Bible says... Be ready always to give answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I have the fear. I've been to Siberia. I know it's late. We're almost done. But I'll tell you one more story. Can I tell you one more story? Not, not, no one's sleeping. Okay, okay, all right. This is the amazing story because, again, this is not my story. This is what God does. We are in training class, and I am worn out. I've only been back from Siberia maybe a week or two, and I'm just... It's, it's actually a class nobody likes. It's basic tenets of Marxist-Leninism. We have it in high school. We have it in institute. We have it in army. And uh, I don't even think professor likes it. He's always late. So he's late this one time. And I remember I was, actually had my head on desk trying to sleep because I'm tired. But we have class clown. You have those too, I know. <laughs> His name is Vladimir Abu. And he is from where Tajikistan, Kazakhstan. And he says, so here we are in our favorite class, the basic tenets of Marxist-Leninism. And we always hear about the founding father and, and Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. We always hear about how he's going to work with the proletariat and the prosayuznai and develop this utopia. But we never hear the other side. And we got someone in our midst, Vanya. Vanya goes off, freezes his hind end out, the, out there, and he goes off to Siberia and waltzes back in there. He says he believes in God. I think we ought to hear about him. Yeah. So someone throws pencil at Vladimir Abu, and someone throws spitballs. No, no, come on, Vanya. Let's hear, let's hear your, your well, who is this God? Now, like I say, they tell me, keep mouth shut. But I am minister of reconciliation. I am witness, just like you. I don't always have the right answers. I don't always know everything God is doing. But I know who he is. And so I say, well, it is true. It is true that the reason I do not freeze to death is because I am praying. Every day, I, should pray, I should at least fall down, but I am praying, and God, he sustained me. And, and God is all-powerful. 
And also, Bible say that God is love. God loves me, and he loves all of you. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he... Come on, Mosaic. And we look over the door, and here's first Corporal Pyotr Prokhorov smoking cigarette. You're telling me that God is all-powerful and God is all love. That's easy for you to say. I don't know what kept you alive out there in the snow. But if your God is all-powerful, you're saying he can do anything he wants with me. That's true. All right. And you're saying that God loves me? <laughs> now, I say that's true, too. And all my comrades last, because Pyotr Prokhorov, he is not a lovable guy. You know, he is not someone that God would like to love. He's like maybe only mama love, right? And, and I remind you that God loves you not because you are a good person. God loves you because it is his nature. You are not always lovable, but God is love. And so I say yes. He says, okay, I tell you what. Vanya, I'll become one of you. What do you call yourself? You're a Baptist or Christian, a believer. I don't know what you are, but I will become one of you if God proves it. You see, if God's all-powerful... He can get me a leave out of here. I'm kind of sick and tired of being here. So uh, if, if God can get me a leave out of here tomorrow, I'll become one of you. And since he loves me, he certainly wants to show me his power. <laughs> now, you, maybe you don't understand the situation, but you don't get leave without three or four weeks' notice. This is very regimented army. He is not going to get leave overnight. We are right in the middle of session. No one has leave. And Vladimir Boo says, whoa, Pyotr Prokhorov wants to see how big God is, see if God loves him. They're making fun of God. And the Holy Spirit tells me, Vanya, tell him he is going home tomorrow. Now, I want to be careful because this is not my idea. I've been in Siberia. I've been persecuted. And Holy Spirit is speaking. It is the same voice. I do not miss it. But I, I'm arguing. I says, no, God, he can't get leave out of here tomorrow. It can't happen. Tell him he's going home tomorrow. No, Lord Jesus, if I tell him that and it doesn't happen, it'll make you look bad. Right? You ever worry about making God look bad? I say, no, Lord, tell him he's going home tomorrow. I stand up. I said, Pyotr Prokhorov, now everybody is silent. My God has said that you... We'll get leave tomorrow. But you have to quit smoking. You're laughing. Because I know what you are thinking. You don't have to quit smoking to go to heaven. In fact, if you smoke, maybe you go to heaven faster. Right? <laughs> but Pyotr Prokhorov, he knows nothing about God. He knows nothing about Jesus. And Jesus is not gumball machine. It is not smorgasbord. We are called to repent and give our lives to him. He doesn't know that. And so now I put ball in his court. And Pyotr Prokhorov takes a cigarette, squishes it out, takes pack and throws in trash. Vladimir Abu says, whoa, Pyotr Prokhorov is going to quit smoking, going to become a Christian, going to go home. And right then the professor comes in and starts class. Even though I am kind of under discipline and under watch, I am a good driver because of my farm experience. So every morning I have to get up and deliver bread. I don't know what God is going to do. I'm only praying. But when I got back from my bread delivery, it is still morning, like 8 o'clock. I get out of bread truck and my guys are there. They, Vanya, that was so cool. What? What are you talking about? Oh, you weren't there at breakfast. The colonel came in. He had a puzzled look on his face. He said, I have a leave. Effective immediately for First Corporal Pro- Pyotr Prokhorov. You should have seen Prokhorov. He jumped up from breakfast. Vanya was right. Vanya was right. Ha <laughs> ha. Vanya was right. He went to get his stuff, took off down through the terminal before they could change their mind. But when they found out what happened last night, Vanya, yesterday, ho, ho, ho. They peeled out after him. Their Jeep went out two wheels. They chased him down to the terminal. He got on the train to Armenia just in time. He got away. Ha, ha, ha. Everyone likes to get one on brass, right? They said, that was so cool, Vanya, you did it. I said, no, it was not me. Remember God. I don't know what you did. That was really cool. You know what Prokhorov did? He's from Armenia. He went home, and he found Baptist church. He walked in, and they were scared because he is a soldier. He said, no, I want to know who God is. Do you have a Bible? 
They gave him Bible, and he was home for two weeks. And when he came back, he was my brother. Maybe you have some people in your life that you think God cannot win. God wants to win them. He loved the world so much, he gave his only begotten son. They did not know what to do with me. Who do you know in Odessa? How did you pull this off? You will go back to Siberia. You tell us who you know. I don't know anyone. You have to know someone. You pulled these strings. You manipulated this. I know someone higher than Odessa. But they won't want to hear about him. Let's close our eyes. I'm not praying yet, but I want you to close your eyes. I have many stories, many testimonies to tell. But it is June 1972. I am almost finished my two years mandatory military service. They want to know who I know in Odessa. They want me to sign the papers. They cannot let me go home if I do not sign the papers. It's big shame. And so KGB is called in, and they threaten me, and they curse me. You will never see Moldova again. You will never see your family again. Who do you know in Odessa? But this has been going on several months now. I have no one in Odessa. They don't want to hear my answers. They don't want to hear my witness. One of them grabs me by lapels and throws me against cinder block wall. And he spits on my face. He curses me. I reach up to wipe the spit away, and one of them smashes me in the nose. And I bend over, and another one smashes me in the face. Now blood is coming from my nose. And I crumple to the ground, and suddenly three of them are around me, kicking me in the face with their Russian steel-toed boots. I cry out and cover my face. And they come around and they try to kick my kidneys and step on my kneecaps. They grab me and they hold me against the wall and they pound me and pound me. Now I'm bleeding from my eye. I'm bleeding from my mouth. But I forgive them. Because Jesus says when he hangs on cross, Father, forgive them. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and our trespassers. Don't call yourself Christian if you do not forgive your people who offend you. I forgive them because that is hallmark of Christianity. And they beat me and they beat me and they beat me and they beat me. And that day, they take my life. And Jesus says, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. I wanted to get married. I wanted to go home to Moldova. But brothers and sisters, I gave my life to Jesus. And he is worthy. Father in heaven, we thank you for Vanya's story. He's not here today to tell his story, so I've tried to come and tell it. But the message, Lord Jesus, of your faithfulness and your power is the same today as it was in 1972. Countries come and go, empires come and fall, sufferings and famines and divorce and death come, Lord Jesus, to us. But you are faithful. And Lord Jesus, I don't know very many people in this crowd. But you do, Lord. And my friends, I haven't got up here and preached a sermon but I've told a testimony. And the scripture says that the testimonies of the Lord rejoice the heart. The testimonies of the Lord are true. And this is the first Sunday of the year. And 
Maybe you've made resolutions. Maybe you've already broken some of your resolutions. But I'd like you to obey whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you this morning. God might be telling you that he wants to spend more time with you. God might be telling you that he wants to conquer a certain habit in your life. And he has the power to do that. God may be telling you that not to fight the battle alone. God may be telling you not to give up. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you what God spoke to you this morning. But I want to charge you and say, if the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart, you need to obey him. If there's something that he wants you to surrender and put at the altar, you need to do that. Maybe you have heard a lot about God and you've made a prayer when you were a child, but you realize that you really never put your life on the altar. You realize that I have never really dedicated my life to the point where I would be willing to die for Jesus Christ. I've kind of approached Jesus as a good shepherd, as a nice guy, as a guy that is going to take me out of hell, but he's not Lord of my life. Today's the first Sunday of 2015. It would be a great Sunday for you to say, Lord Jesus, I believed in you, but I've never surrendered to you. If that's your prayer, it's between you and God. see, when Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, he's actually talking to believers in that verse. These were people who knew that he was the Savior. These were people that had accepted him as their Savior, but all of their life was not surrendered to him. They had gone back in their life, and they had built little rooms, and they built their own little house, and they were still living their own little lives, and Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock because I want it all. the Lord has touched you or put on your heart something that he wants you to surrender would you raise your hand maybe it's your time maybe it's your relationship maybe it's some money we have altars at churches but the greatest altar is the one you have in your heart where you say Lord Jesus I give this to you I surrender this to you out of obedience Vanya surrendered everything he had. He gave his youth. He gave his time. He gave his comfort. And his reward in heaven is exceedingly great. But God was faithful to him. God spoke to him. God guided him. God did miracles in his life. If you're here this morning and say, you know, I believe in God, but I never see any miracles. I don't mean some crazy, fantastical things that defy science. I just mean supernatural revelations of God's presence in your life. Maybe you've never heard his voice in your spirit. Maybe you've never seen him change or fix things in your life. If you'd like to see God do a miracle in your life, would you raise your hand? There's no shame in that. I want to see God do things in my life that I can't do. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, Lord, this is what I did. I want to see, oh, Lord, glory to you. You did these things that I couldn't do financially, relationally, forgiving. There's lots of things to pray and say. never committed your life to Jesus Christ. We have witnesses and we have testimonies like Vanya throughout history that say he is worthy. If your life falls apart and you get nailed to a cross, he is still worthy. And maybe for the 
first time you've realized that. You pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I've believed in you. I know you're real, but I have never fully surrendered my life to you. I hold on to music, or I hold on to a relationship, or I hold on to an activity. Lord Jesus, I surrender that to you. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, to him who will judge the quick and the dead, to him who has the power of resurrection and gives us the great hope that someday we will be with him forever in his kingdom. Now unto him be glory forever and ever. Amen.